Well, a number of years ago, uh, our eldest daughter and I headed over Independence Pass, and our destination was a trailhead for Mount Elbert. And as many of you know, Mount Elbert is the highest peak in, in Colorado. And the good news is, is that the trail that we uh, chose requires no technical skills, just, just endurance. It was a clear, windy fall day. And we hiked and we hiked. And after about three hours of hiking, I began to focus more on, on where we were headed. And the wind was really howling at that point. And I, as I was taking in the magnificent view ahead of me, it hit me. Despite our efforts and my phenomenal navigational skills, we were hiking up the wrong mountain. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It's not like Mount Elbert's hard to see. I mean, the thing is huge. I thought we were on the right path, but no, it was clear we were not. And how about we have lunch and head down, Elizabeth? And I concluded, which we did. Well, as I think about that path, that wrong path that seemed so right at first, I'm well aware of other paths I sometimes take in life that have led me to places that aren't so great, places that diminish living and perspective and even the joys of life. But one path that I sometimes take that is not a good path to be on is the path in which I forget to put thankfulness and gratitude at the center of my moment-to-moment -moment attention. Now, there's a great song, I believe, that has a great lesson about gratitude embedded within it. And on the surface, the lyrics might seem contradictory to a spirit of gratitude. That is, until you think about it. The song I'm referring to is written by Alanis Morissette, and the title is Thank You. And here's some of the lyrics. Thank you, India. Thank you, terror. Thank you, disillusionment. Thank you, frailty. Thank you, consequence. Thank you, silence. How about the moment I got more than I could handle? How about unabashedly bawling your eyes out? Thank you for nothingness. How about grieving? How about me not blaming you for everything? Thank you, India. Thank you, terror. Thank you, disillusionment. Thank you, providence. These are just excerpts, but the song and the lyrics are all about coming to a place of gratitude for all the lessons learned from what has been really hard. Gratitude for the life-changing, life-giving, perspective-altering thoughts and learnings that come from truly tough things. Now, to be clear, being grateful in the midst of a crisis for the hard stuff itself is not really what this song is about. Rather, it's about coming to a place of gratitude over time for all the things in life that, is taught, that have taught us so much. Even those things we would not choose. Now, personally, I, I just want to share this as, as I've been reflecting upon the words of that song and, and my own life and my vocation and my personal life. And, and just to share, it struck me that having been around so much dying over these 25 years in ministry, I, I've learned so much more about living. Having lost friendships, I've learned what a friend really can mean. Having had health crises, I've learned what caring for health can look like. 
having had bad relationships prior to marriage, I've, I've learned what it means to nurture a marriage. Having gone through really tough stuff, I've, I've learned and still learning how to sit with others through their own tough stuff. Having been ignored, I've learned how to listen. Having been put down and criticized, and having hate-filled words and letters and emails thrown my way, I've learned how important it is never to tear another person down, never. Having done really stupid things, I've learned to be more forgiving toward others and cut people some slack. And having used words that have hurt others, I've learned to pay more attention to what comes out of my mouth. Well, the list goes on and on, and I'll bet you have quite the list, too, if you think about your life and reflect upon it. Now, just to be clear, none of what I've just shared means that I have it down. I'm on a journey as you are. It's just some of the learnings that I continue to work on through and as a result of some of the hard stuff, but it's taught me so much. And when I forget this, when I focus on what is wrong or awful right in front of me, I can easily forget not only gratitude, but gratitude for all I've learned from that which I would not choose. We recently have been through so much, haven't we? And we still are, whether or not we are willing to acknowledge it as a nation and as a world. Maybe you're in a place struggling with a lot today. Maybe you're one of those great places in life and when there, where there's not much to be struggling with at the moment. But wherever we are today, I want to invite us all, including me, to remember the centrality of thankfulness in our faith journey. The importance of living with the words, thank you, right on our lips, ready to spill out. There's little doubt, despite my struggle at times, that gratitude is a game changer. Now, before I continue, I need to say this, if it's not already clear or if you don't know this yet, about what I feel about such issues, but I'm not being critical of anybody. We all have our stuff, and clearly sometimes just getting out of bed is all we can do. Bad stuff happens, sometimes terrible things, and gratitude is understandably hard to find when we feel overwrought. Most of us get into places at times in which gratitude's not on our minds, and that's just part of what it means to be a human being. Some of us get depressed or deal with mental health challenges that need to be dealt with, with therapy and God-given medications. So in no way am I saying today by my comments that are follow, just get over it and be grateful. In fact, my thoughts are far from that. Through it all, I believe God invites each of us to turn to God and with God's help and guidance to learn to change our lives and the lives of others by living from a place, moment to moment, of felt, expressed, and acted upon thankfulness. And as I've thought about where we are as a nation and where we are as a world, I, I thought that a little dose of some thoughts about gratitude might just be what the doctor ordered for us this morning. So with this in mind, and while I've talked about this topic many times before in a variety of different settings, let's take a look at, for a few moments, what thankfulness is and what it is not. Well, fundamentally, as we know, gratitude is about believing and feeling that life, and in particular each moment, the right now, is a gift a gift that comes from God. 
And when we're thankful for such a gift, the, the moment that we're in right now, the place from which we interact with the world and ourselves is thankfulness. And when we see each moment as a gift, gratitude becomes the starting place for how we see things and respond to others, talk to ourselves, and view our challenges and opportunities. Now, in a great little article written by Angelus Arian, Angelus notes that the Latin root word, the word gratitude, is grata, which means a gift. I love thinking about gratitude itself as a gift. The gift that gives and gives and gives. Gratitude itself being a gift. The writer notes that gratitude is a feeling that emerges from deeply within, but it, that it's not just an emotion, rather it's a choice we make, and we can choose to be grateful or the opposite. Gratitude is all about savoring and not taking anything for granted. And I know my life is so different when I say thank you for being able to see right now, taste, hear, touch, smell, thank you for water, thank you for food and shelter, thank you for the breath that I'm taking at the moment, for shoes, for a light by which to see, thank you for a shower, faith, clothes, the list goes on and on. Gratitude is all about saying thank you, thank you God for life, thank you for this moment, Thank you for the breath that I'm able to take at this moment. Thank you for the chair that I'm sitting in. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for helping me to know you. Thank you. Well, while this in, while, with this in mind, there are several things that can get in the way of gratitude that I want to touch on very briefly. And one is a sense of entitlement. As one person says in adapted form, if I believe I'm owed something, I will not be thankful for it because I'm entitled to it. The more we feel entitled, the less grateful we will be. The bigger our sense of entitlement, the smaller our sense of gratitude. And so in thinking about that, I, I asked myself a question, and a question I think that God invites us each to ask. Am I entitled to life? I mean, am I entitled to what I have in life? Am I entitled to the relationships around me? Am I entitled to the benefits I receive? Or are these all gifts? Because God is gracious and loving and giving. Paul in the New Testament said that ingratitude is the hallmark of a life opposed to God. And writing to one specific community, Paul tells the people in this community, he says basically, you know, you all are entitled, you feel, and you are acting as if you were owed something. You're grumbling about everything. And then Paul writes in this letter that grumbling is the, the quintessential mindset of life without God. Entitlement can get in the way of thankfulness. And aside from a sense of entitlement, there's something else that get in the way, and it's a combination of two words. Each of the words on their own are fine. But these two words, if you put them together, impede thankfulness. Those two words that are put together that are gratitude killers are if only. If only this, if only that, if only I had a different house or a job or a partner, 
If only I had a different life. If only I was younger. If only I was older. If only I was blonde. If only I didn't have wrinkles. If only I had this kind of income. I'm missing out. If only, if only, and if only. And that if only combination of those two words goes way back to the story of Adam and Eve. They wanted something they did not have, and as a result, they were not grateful. The result was ingratitude, ignoring God and sin itself. So entitlement and living with the words, if only, are a couple things that can get in the way of thankfulness. And although there are others, what is clear is that gratitude is a response, a way of living, being, interacting with others, and approaching the world that comes from the deep felt acknowledgement and feeling that everything is an extraordinary gift. If you look at scripture from start to finish, one big theme is thankfulness and its opposite ingratitude. Stories about gratitude and ingratitude are all over the place. Here's some stories about thankfulness that you may know. Daniel thanks God because he's able to interpret a dream. A leper thanks Jesus because Jesus heals him. A woman whose life had been a total mess rubs Jesus' feet with oil as a way of thanking Jesus for his complete and total acceptance of her. A disabled beggar jumps for joy and expresses his thanks to Peter for restoring his health. And then there's Jonah. He's in the belly of a giant fish. And what does he do despite the fact that the fish is about to vomit him up onto a beach? He thanks God for all God has done for him. And then, of course, there's Jesus on the last night of his life, surrounded by those he loves. They all know the torture and the pain that is ours ahead. And yet, in the midst of this, what does Jesus do? He takes bread and he gives thanks to God. Well, this morning I'd like to wrap with some thoughts about a couple of ways to help us with gratitude. Our gospel reading today is from John. It's about the well-known story of the feeding of the 5,000. Although clearly there were more there because we're told it was 5,000 men, so there were clearly lots of women and children. It's late in the day and Jesus asks Philip, his follower, where do you think we might find some food for all these people? Now Jesus was testing Philip, we're told. And Philip, replying to Jesus, as Jesus expected, says, there's no way we have enough money to feed everybody, let alone where we're going to find it at this late hour. Jesus' response, Jesus takes loaves of bread and a couple of fish that a boy had and gives thanks to God. And then the food is distributed. Thousands are fed. There's more enough, more than enough, no leftovers. While this well-known story is about a lot of things, one thing is clear. Philip and others believed that there was not enough. They had a scarcity mindset. And when we view things through a scarcity mindset, enough is never enough. More means I need more. What I have, whatever it is I have, I need more of it. A scarcity mindset says there is not much to go around in this life, and if I don't get it, keep it, hold on to it, somebody else will. So therefore, I can't share what I have. I can't be generous with what I have. I've got to hold on to it very tightly. More and more for you means less and less for me. 
Jesus, however, did not see things through scarcity. Instead, he always was aware of God's abundance. And as a result of believing there was always enough, even if on the surface it seemed like just a little, he expressed gratitude toward God. Now, whether we go through life thinking there's enough versus there is plenty of whatever it is, directly impacts our ability to live from a place of gratitude. A caveat, clearly I'm not talking about world hunger by what I just said, that has nothing to do with this, but it's just important to remember that scarcity mindset can really impede our thankfulness. Another thing that can enhance gratitude is remembering, as I briefly mentioned earlier, is that gratitude is not just a feeling or something to wait for, it's a choice. It's a moment-to-moment decision. I choose to be grateful right now. I choose to be thankful. I choose to express thanks to other people. I choose, despite the junk I'm dealing with, to say thank you for who and what is right. I may not have control over what's going on, but I choose to find things to say thank you for. And finally, one other thing to help us with gratitude has to do with a phrase. It's a phrase that actually I I talked about in the sermon two years ago, yet over that two-year period, I've had several of you come up to me and say, you know, that phrase you talked about is something that stuck with me. And so I thought I might just mention it again because I find it helpful. And the phrase I'm talking about is the phrase, I get to, or we get to. So for example, we get to live here, or we get to visit here. We get to breathe clean air. We get to drink clean water on demand. We we get to. We get to look at a sky and take in sunrises and sunsets. We get to speak and listen and ponder. We get to be with other people. We get to eat food. We get to sleep in a bed. We get to take a shower. We get to worship God together. We get to sit by a river, hike a country, or ski down a trail. We get to complete an education or find a vocation. We get to have people who do care about us and love us. We get to come to the Somas Chapel. And while our lives are all unique, with ups and downs and successes and heartaches, when it comes to so many things, we get to. And what's most important of all to me is that you and I get to love. We get to love. We get to love God. We get to love other people. And we even get to learn to love ourselves as God does. Wow, we get get love. So just to summarize, let us all remember that every moment is a gift. The lessons we learn from really hard things, even those things we would not choose, can be an extraordinary blessing over the course of time. Thankfulness is a matter of choosing to be thankful. Feeling entitled or combining the words if and only can really get in the way. There is so much we're given. We have so much abundance. How much more do we truly need? And we get to. Amazing. Thankfulness is a game changer, and I pray that each of us in this community of faith can journey together and learn to 
be grateful together. So let us pray.